0: March 21st, 2018, this is Postmarkedum 2, and I'm Scott Southern. And I'm Tim Crisp, your host,
1: Scott, my friend. Daniel Bryan's back. Daniel Bryan is back, baby. It was such crazy news and so wild how it just happened, and then he's on SmackDown that night. Yeah. Cutting his best promo <laughs> Well, it's, it's wild because
0: it, in the past, he was just kind of... Uh, maybe like a mirror of the way that all of us could imagine ourselves in the ring we were never right like you know he talks like a normal person and he doesn't uh have the big rambling promos like john cena or the rock do and to see him come out there and just be this super heartfelt just laying it all out there kind of crying like yelling yeah, at
1: the crowd totally crying i think it's interesting you know the the fact that he he does have that and that's kind of always been his personality is like this i'm a wrestler and i don't i don't need to like go over the top with the way that i present and you know all this push is just based on the guy based on the guy brian danielson daniel Bryan. and then this like Tragic thing happens where we we lose his in ring career. I cried when he fucking retired, and then he came back and I cried again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I I was uh our friend Pat was in a text thread yesterday saying he's tearing up right at the beginning, and I uh, immediately thought, all right, that's Pat just being hyperbolic again. Yeah, you know that guy feels feelings. We get it. Ah, uh-huh. but uh, as soon as I, I watched it this morning and just started losing it as as soon as he as he walked out on the entrance ramp i yeah. was just
1: uh. and you're not you're not sentimental like that no Which is a, i'm normally a very... not i'm pretty ice cold about my entertainment <laughs> yeah i bring in i i i finished watching kindergarten cop today and when the the music hit and they then he came back to the kindergarten classroom i was tearing up so i'm a little easily swayed yeah totally but i mean it this is so unbelievably exciting the fact that that we get this guy back and we get him back now at this era which the amount of change that's happened in wwe in the past two years it's immeasurable you're immediately in your head thinking oh my god like He's gonna work with Nakamura. He's gonna work with AJ. He's gonna work with Finn. The dream matches are pretty endless, and it's funny to think
0: of him as someone that previously was this new bearer of of bringing indie wrestlers into the WWE. Right. He and CM Punk were kind of these this, the stars of a new generation, and now at this point, all of those stars we're have here. entered. We're in right. it, and it's 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 fucking nuts the amount of indie wrestlers that we idolized two or three years ago. That we thought never would be in this position, and they're all just kind of here, and it's kind of par for the course.
1: Yeah, in a lot of ways, it's like it's like if you look back at the Monday Night Wars, and you think about like if Bret Hart were to come back in two thousand and one and just vie for the title, or you know, however that would go. What is crazy to me, though, is the fact that this sets up so incredibly well where he's in this feud now with uh, with Sammy and with Kevin. And it was pretty amazing the fact that, like, not only did it fall into place the way that it did, and we should unpack that a little bit, but also the fact that they brutalized that guy. They brutalized that guy. And
0: it's, it's nuts that the way... It, it's kind of necessary. It needed to happen. That was, like, a very necessary way... For them to treat his return. Right. For us to take him seriously, for us to think that he's going to be able to go in the ring, for that entire uh, mechanism to work, for Daniel Bryan to be a believable returning wrestler, he's got to get his ass kicked because we know that's the one thing, that's what we're not sure if he can do that. We know
1: he can jump around and kick people and totally. do all that. We don't know if he can get his ass kicked. And I think at the beginning of that, like when he starts to get physical, it's like, oh, oh, word, like he's taking punches. Like that's crazy, but. The fact that he took that apron power bomb it's like fucking unreal. And unreal. like the amount of heat on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, that is real shit. People are fucking, they want to see those guys get destroyed. They're evil. It's, it's wild that they
0: have, you know, they've always been kind of living in the same territory that The Miz lives in where they're, uh, respectfully booed by the audience that we're, we treat them as heels because they're so good at being heels Right. Uh, uh, but unlike them is they have this pedigree of indie wrestling cred that's just out of control it's off the charts and the fact that they're working with Brian here just makes it so perfect this trio of people plus
1: ostensibly Shane McMahon yeah yeah cause I mean it's it's like yeah The the I guess the sort of you know non-fictive uh draw to all of it is the fact that they all come from the same place and their appeal to him is based on that and then their attack is just so savage and, and brutal and it's it's super exciting and i guess you know they've been building this for so long and i i'm wondering like do you think do you think to some extent they're building it with the thought that like you know okay well he's going to doctors now and he's seeing specialists, and it's starting to look like maybe it could be happening.
0: Yeah, I. It seems like the way that they've been treating this, they were never explicit about Daniel Bryan even the possibility of him returning. Right. They've never said anything on air about this at all. He's you know gotten in stare downs and he's had words with people, but all GMs do that. Like totally wrestlers that aren't or gms that are not wrestlers. right and, it, and
1: there have been moments too where it's like you can you can see where this would have gotten physical but it's not going to get physical with dan o'brien right we know that he's not
0: going to get physical and still slowly but surely over the last six months maybe even longer when he was in that semi feud with the miz uh we the rumors started building up and things started heating up across the internet across like you know, podcasts or whatever, that Daniel Bryan might come back. Right. I don't know what that was fueled by.
1: I don't really know either. And to me, it felt like Miz was just smart and understood that if if there's a way to, like, you know, get a crowd that cheers the bad guys to actually boo him as a bad guy then the best way to do that is to appeal to like the like real emotional fucking like wound that we're all feeling like having seen this guy who we love like have to retire in the way that he in the way that he did
0: yeah he continued to basically kick this guy while he was down he's Mm -hmm. punching a guy that he knows can't punch back and while these were metaphorical verbal barbs they were, they well, were they, they were hard. And the Miz was definitely going at it aggressively, which, I mean, I guess that's what started this idea that it's possible he could come back, right? Uh, I mean, and he was definitely fueling it too on kind of the the back end of things by you know dropping hints and in interviews and maybe a couple of tweets here and there that were saying like, you know, I'm I'm considering fighting somewhere when my contract comes up or, or things like that. Uh, but WWE never. Put any cards on the table they never let us know in any capacity in any explicit capacity that this was even a possibility it seemed like it was a totally closed door yeah until tuesday afternoon
1: yeah and and i think that you know it's super exciting to have him back and i guess to see him like take you know the bumps that he was taking into to move the way that he does or the way that he is it's like all right cool and this isn't gonna be like you know he's on the apron for most of the match it's like he's gonna he's gonna come back i think he's gonna come back full time i'm super excited and excited for that match too because i i think you know it's felt like it was floundering a bit that whole feud and now like i'm assuming that's a tag match for wrestlemania that's dope that's exciting we did have some excitement on monday night raw we sure did
0: uh another big name mania match Uh, had a little bit more storytelling going on. We saw Brock come back for the first time. Yeah. Which was interesting. We saw Roman go a little wild with
1: the police. I love the setup of of these U.S. Marshals come in. They handcuff Roman. And Roman's just like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. And then they touch him. And then he beats up police. He beats (laughs) up U.S. Marshals. And in a like i don't know i don't know it's an easy
0: argument that i think a lot of folks have been making and then i think i completely agree with that it's just why why are we supposed to cheer for that i am not a huge fan of law enforcement in general but <laughs> This guy just beat up three cops because they touched him when he said, Don't touch me. How is he supposed to
1: get through the ropes without them putting his head underneath? They're
0: just there for the safety of the civilians that are in this place. They're just doing their jobs.
1: Right. And they're putting the handcuffs in front of him like all cops always do with handcuffs. (laughs) Um, Well, and here's the thing, I guess, is that Brock comes down and brutally attacks Roman Reigns, who's defenseless, he can't do anything. And Brock, I love the bit of him leaving and then coming back and leaving and then coming back. And I honestly, I thought it could have gone all night. I think that that would have been really funny if he showed up at the ambulance. (laughs) You hear his music too? Just keeps playing, he keeps coming back
0: out. (laughs) <laughs> There's something, though, that's when Brock said it was most powerful in these brutal beat sounds like this. It's when he kind of got his mojo back as... Uh, a fan favorite main eventer in SummerSlam. i don't know a few years ago when he just beat the hell out of cena yeah when it was over the top when it became a joke on how it became that joke in the beginning of space balls where the spaceship is just longer and longer and then Uh it's not funny anymore (laughs) and then it's so funny because it just keeps going right and that's like that would have been a really neat thing to see here of him just (laughs) continuing it kind of did the same thing but it would have been nice to see a couple more times
1: yeah no totally but it's it's it did it Achieve the effect, though, I think of like, sure. you know, he took it to such an extent that the crowd really was like reacting negatively towards him. I think the problem, though, is that the positioning of Roman as this anti-authority, you know, he's like, oh, I'm not listening to the cops. It's, you know, it's it's very Attitude Era-esque. And I guess it's worrisome to me because I'm I've kind of veered into more of a pro-Roman territory, but I'm pro-Roman when it is a self-aware use of Roman. Like, perfect example would be the Royal Rumble, Mm -hmm. where they have him against Nakamura in the end, and you build so much tension based on the fact that the crowd is like, no, they can't let him fucking do it again. That's really smart, and they understand in that moment that like the crowd doesn't want Roman to win here. But this is a presentation of Roman that does not acknowledge that to any extent. It's just like, no, he's, uh, you know, he's the anti-hero. And it doesn't really work that way when the audience isn't vibing with it and hasn't been vibing with it.
0: And we know he's not the anti-hero. A couple weeks ago, he's calling Brock Vince's boy when we all know that Roman is Vince's boy. That's just so... Uh, it's off base. It's, it's ham-fisted booking that doesn't make a lot of sense. One thing that I was just thinking that's kind of interesting is if you compare this segment where Roman gets his ass kicked unfairly to the uh, segment that's very similar on Tuesday, right. where Brian gets his ass kicked completely unfairly, there are really similar things that are happening here. This person that has these these entities that have serious advantages over the other person are just kicking the shit out of this guy on both fronts. Roman's getting his ass kicked. Brian's getting his ass kicked. But the difference is, is that Daniel Bryan is this pure babyface that we all love and we know that he really is. Like, we don't know how he's going to come out on the other side. We know that he's been treated poorly in the past. Whereas Roman is just, like, he's the guy that gets everything he wants. This doesn't mean anything that he's getting shackled up and getting beat up by this guy Brock Lesnar who's leaving soon enough.
1: Right, and I, you know, I don't want to get like too into it because I think you know Roman being the guy who gets everything is he wants is a little bit of an undersell of Roman. But Absolutely. we got a, we got a lot of time to talk about that. But I, I think that there is you know there's a level of of the blinders being put on the fact that like nobody is chanting you deserve it to Daniel Bryan the way they are chanting it to. Roman when he's getting put onto a stretcher. Mm-hmm. Like and that's not to say that the people who are chanting you deserve it are like completely 100% right because I don't think that they are, but they're there. And to act as if they won't be there, it's it's just I don't know, it's a little empty to me and it's a little bit I don't know. I don't know.
0: I agree. I think it's uh, at this point it's uh the crowd reactions are almost reactions to the fact that there's no narrative reaction to the crowd yeah there's these it's these very like very layered meta crowd narratives that are happening where the crowd is just revolting because no one's listening to them
1: right and and yeah and i think you know it's something that we that we talked about last week where once that acknowledgement has been made like to the crowd like you can't really double back on that it's Mm -hmm. just not how it works. So, those, you know, those are two of the the big events that happened on the build to Wrestlemania. But one of the things that we wanted to talk about this week is the time-honored tradition of the Wrestlemania card and the, you know, the extensive effort that's put into squeezing everyone on the
0: big show. Everyone's got to get that WrestleMania payday, which I'm not sure what that means really. There's not a really. bonus, right? right? Like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. what we all uh-huh. are in the know, and we understand everyone gets a little bigger uh, paycheck when they fight in that on uh, the greatest stage of them all. But what why what what is in WWE's best interest? Why is that in their best interest to pay everybody on their on their squad? Doesn't that never made sense to me.
1: Well, I mean, I think you want you want happy workers, right? Is that is that how it is? Is it just like the basic principle of like a bonus in general? Yeah, like, maybe. You don't have to do it, but you do, you know. Um but I don't know, who's to say really? But like it, it always there's always these moments like within the show where it's just like two guys who have been feuding for two months because There are two guys who should be on WrestleMania, and they need to fight somebody. We got a few of those this time around. One of them would be the triple threat match for the United States Championship featuring newly crowned champion Randall Orton versus Bobby Roode versus Jinder Mahal. I mean, first of all, the Viper, Randy Orton looking great with that belt that belt those stars and stripes on that guy's shoulder it's so perfect because he was going through this like this phase where his his hair was kind of like out of whack he didn't really like look like himself it he was kinda, gross yeah it was well, I was trying to figure out like what was going on but then he shows up to fast lane with that fresh cut mm. you knew he was going over with that haircut immediately back <laughs> in
0: fine form you know the viper is just you, you knew it you really did know it at that point that that was like cool alright Randy's back it's, this is gonna he's moving this one Randy's forward back. to mania great.
1: and I think that like you know Randy Orton can be kind of a hot button issue with people out there I love the guy he's the I best. think Randy Orton is fantastic and I think that you know if you don't like Randy Orton here is the fucking counterpoint to that opinion he is doing such great work For his star power right now to be in a United States championship match with somebody who you are trying to push like Bobby Roode, what better person could you think of on the roster to have fight the guy that you want to make matter than someone like Randy Orton?
0: Yeah, and I think that Randy is a a great candidate for that because at this point in his career, it doesn't matter if he loses ever. For the rest of his... He could lose every match for the rest of his career, and it would be just fine. He could still keep spitting RKOs out at everybody. He still looks like a powerful wrestler. He He looks looks, great. He looks great.
1: And people go nuts when they see him all the time remember when you we were in st louis and oh man those people were screaming for oh, randy orton hometown Is the crowd, <laughs> they loved him he can still make a crowd work and i think that i i still love his work i think that he's f- so fluid in the ring i think that he's you know maybe he's had moments here or there where he didn't seem too interested in it but i think for the better part of our watching experience randy orton has been on point Absolutely.
0: He's one of those people that also has that ring presence where every single move, every single movement of his in the ring is very Randy Orton. It's very much his character. It's very much... A lot of the stuff that he does reminds me a lot of The Rock's old punches when he would slap people in the corner. Yeah. Where his arm or like when he would he would stomp on people on the ground and his leg would kind of flop around before he stomps every single movement of the rocks was very calculated and it was very much filling out the rocks persona and similarly i don't know how calculated it is on randy's part but he doesn't he doesn't really seem like much of a calculating kind of guy But it does really fit with his character. He allows everything he does to be very much Randy.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think you know he carries himself in such a way, and I think that his presence in here it's really helpful for you know this push that they're that they're trying right now with Bobby Roode. I thought that their match at Fastlane was fantastic, and I thought that Randy also adapted so well to Roode's style. I really love the pacing of Bobby Roode matches. I think that they're they're a very welcome change to the the general flow of wwe matches the bobby Roode push is feeling a little empty to me which is a bummer because i really like the way he works i just i'm not feeling him as a as a baby face i think that's kind of a an agreed-upon opinion for a lot of people. And it sucks, because it's just like, you know, he's a guy that we've been, you know, we wanted him to come in. We liked him in NXT, and now they they got him here, and it's just like, you know, maybe you need that to make a heel run make sense? I don't know. Yeah, when he first came out, the crowd went nuts for
0: him. The glorious entrance was over as fuck, and there was no way he was going to be a heel off the bat. Uh, so it makes sense. They bring him up as a baby face. But I don't know how, at this point, it's definitely Warren Thin. He hasn't done any baby face type things. It doesn't really kind of, it doesn't make sense for him yeah. to be at this spot. It's tough
1: when they when they have a guy who comes in and, and he's got something that really makes the crowd pop. And then he needs to say it every time. It's, it's a bummer, I guess, you know, when he comes in and he's got to, like, insert himself into Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton, and, you know, he's given 30 seconds to get to the part where he says glorious.
0: Yeah, it's tough to have to constantly, and also, in that same vein, his movements in the ring, his silly twist, like twisting wrist thing that he does before he yells glorious is one of my least favorite things right now.
1: It is going to be good when he is at that point where he starts to do it and then just flat out denies the crowd but yeah once <laughs> he turns into a bad boy it's gonna be great i you know it is i i think that the i think that the future is bright for a heel bobby rude 100 percent. and you know jinder mahal having the most unlikely run of the past year i think it's it's dope that he's in this match i think it's like you know probably one of the more obvious cases of just like well i mean he's been great for the past year so he's got to be involved in something
0: it's obligatory that he needs to be in some sort of high stakes match something that has some sort of consequences to it and yeah sure this u.s
1: (laughs) belt feud is great it's gonna be good in like in like three years when we're just like oh man remember when jinder mahal was like crazy good yeah and also the fact that he
0: got randy's goat for the past year he's just been kicking randy's ass Dude, over and over again totally there's randy has no chance against him he's never had a good he's had like one good match one clean win over Gender. uh-huh where jinder has like 12 dirty wins over him yeah it's, it's it, they kind of fit together and this feud has been it, it's been what it was i mean we saw were you there when when he won the the belt yeah were we that, that was that crazy show that was so. That fun. was so
1: insane. The crowd went nuts. Uh-huh. In the All-State <laughs> Arena, it was it was amazing. That was when Randy uh, threw one of the Singh brothers too, and there's a really good gif of him just like, "Ooh, Oops. yeah, didn't didn't mean to do that." <laughs> we got another we got another triple threat for the other secondary belt. This one on Raw, uh, featuring the champion, The Miz versus Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. I'm really really excited about this match, it's you know, probably of all the things on the undercard, it's the one that I'm the most excited for. Got The Miz, who's just been carrying that belt for so damn long. And two guys who are, you know, viable contenders for taking it and maybe making something out of that belt. Yeah,
0: the, I think in the long tradition of the Savage Steamboat, uh, sneaky pick this one has a lot of potential to be the best match of the card. Yeah. Uh, These three dudes are obviously killer workers and killer personalities. And like we were talking about before, they all are kind of all-stars on the roster that just really deserve a shot at something. They deserve their time in the spotlight. They deserve everything that's given to them. They've earned it all. Uh, And so seeing them all put together here, they all kind of have been vibing really well. Any one-on-one match between... Either of these three makes so much sense.
1: Yeah. Miz has just done such unbelievable work with like everybody in the past two years. It's so crazy. And like, you know, his, his ability to like really work the crowd like this past monday when he referred to tyler black and like <laughs> finn Balor <laughs> yeah
0: that was nuts what did he he called
1: him prince neville oh yeah no, Prince or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. oh my god <laughs> unbelievable but you know I, I he's done so much for that belt and and his claim to it is just like it's so it's so crazy like what he's done and you know looking at the possibility of seth or finn as you know the person to follow him in that path there's a thought that like this could be sort of the once again the try to make the IC belt matter.
0: Oh, they're going to legitimize the uh-huh, belt. Uh huh.
1: Yeah. Whoever, if, it, if that, and that's how we know if it, if that's what they're trying to do or not. If they come out on Raw the next night and say well, they're gonna bring back the legacy of the Intercontinental Title, that's when we know that it's gonna be nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's over immediately. That means that belt is just <laughs> being dragged behind whoever has it. Yeah, but I think like you know. Finn's push it feels like it's finally kind of calculated like ever since he came back it's been very hot and cold but I feel like you know when once I started like building him to Elimination Chamber it seemed like all right we have a pretty good like you know firm grasp on who this guy is how the fans respond to him and like how to utilize him best and as a potential like Intercontinental Champion it's it's very very good for him. There are some,
0: there are some complexities that have been kind of drawn out of him over the past couple months. There's some moving parts around him within uh, the interrelational system of all these wrestlers. He makes some, he's got the club behind him. Right. He's he's got some history with Seth, which is working great while they're going back and forth that initial Universal Title match.
1: I really like that that they have kind of held that out for so long like you know when we're thinking like well why isn't he challenging for the universal title again like why isn't he going after seth rollins and now you have it that's it's like framed in this sort of like competitive like two guys that have respect for each other but one did injure the other yeah i supposed to do that right and
0: you know you could see these guys being compared if they weren't uh constantly in this weird rivalry you could see him being compared as kind of the same types of wrestlers, these, like, really good-looking dudes that uh, are maybe a little too small for, for being booked in 2002 or whatever. Right. But now we're in a time when they can be. They're indie megastars. They uh, definitely have a magnetic charm to them that I, is not super quantifiable. It's not quite classic wrestler charm. It's just these guys seem like cool dudes. They just,
1: You know, I think that, like, really the appeal to both of them is, like, 9-year-old kids probably just love them because they you know they fight hard and they look cool and they they like have really really dope unique move sets sort of similar too but like you know these are these are two of the guys that like the kids at the shows are going all in but i think they're also the guys that the indie fans that are drinking beers next to
0: those kids can look down at and be like Hell yeah. You said that right? swing blade? Yeah. Oh, it was man. sick.
1: Well, it, Seth's been in a pretty interesting position, I guess, like since, you know, since he came back from injury, really, where he's, especially in the last, like, few months has felt like he's kind of been lost in the shuffle. All these guys are coming in, and he was ahead of the pack on that, and, and he, you know, got to the top, and deservedly so, but... You know, once he came back, it was kind of hard to find a place for him. That's very true. And, you know, I'm kind of
0: with two minds on this because on one hand, Seth is as deserving as anybody to be in that top spot, uh, to be vying for the universal Bell or the, whatever, the WWE championship. But also I think it's kind of okay. Everybody needs to take time off, uh, at some point from being in that, that spotlight. Right. Uh, and I think it's okay for him to be in a spot where he was, you know, hanging out with Dean Ambrose and trying to get those championships, those tag belts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just being on that mid-card. And something that I think is a huge testament to Seth is that every time they gave him, uh, like, a little bump on a Monday Night Raw, gave him a, a main event match or a big showing,
1: uh, immediately... I bought back in. Oh, totally. Just, oh, Seth is a main eventer, right? And the Iron Man match was oh. just like such a testament to his ability, and you know, to his, you know, his capability too of just like drawing you back in that same way. Where like that was a, a moment where I usually watch Raw on Hulu, and. I started that and then was watching and then they made reference to the fact that, you know, we were 20 minutes in or something and it had only gone like eight minutes on Hulu. And I was like, hold up. And so I, you know, I downloaded it just so I could watch the whole thing because I was pretty aware of the fact that, like, he's going to do something like crazy. And yeah, man, I think everybody like walk away from that just being like Seth can be at the top whenever they want him there. And, you know, I think that, like, it's it's interesting, I guess, when you look at, like, the IC belt and you wonder, like, would that be a good thing for him? Would that be – would it be tough for him to, like, you know, sort of carve out an identity with it? Would it feel like an accessory? Whereas, as opposed to Finn, it would be like, all right, he's the IC champion now and we're going to build off of that. But I think Seth, like, he's pretty adaptable. You can put them whenever you want. Yeah, I think that's the thing.
0: I think there's, especially with these mid-card titles, that there's a definite balance that's necessary between the wrestler needing something from this this belt around their waist, the wrestler, like, is getting something out of that, and also giving something back and, and wanting this belt and right. showing that they're proud of this belt uh, and, and, you know, being willing to defend it or, whatever, or however they're dealing with it. Uh, and I think that that's, like... Just not a necessary thing for Seth to have right now. Totally. He doesn't, that belt would not do him any good. Uh, I don't know what he would give to the belt besides, you know, another name of, of a great wrestler that's carried it. Right. But I don't know what he's getting out of that otherwise.
1: Yeah, I, I think the same thing too. And, you know, he's he's obviously going to work really, really well within this match. And, you know, and I think whatever direction they go, you know, I can get behind any of these guys. I'm not That's unhappy my, if he wins it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, another match that it's not we're not sure exactly how it's gonna come together quite yet, but we got the bar versus Braun Strowman and a mystery partner. Ooh. Which like let's talk about Braun. Let's talk about, we gotta wh- talk about Braun. Let's talk about what where Braun is Right now he's obviously he's had a phenomenal year he's got a very very organic like pop to him. People love this it's, guy he's
0: one of the people more so than anybody over the past year that everything's just been organic with him. yeah, the crowd loves him he's big he's old school he's so fun to watch. no one dislikes him,
1: yeah, I think that's a really interesting part of it too is that nobody's like out there shitting on the guy
0: yeah he's not a perfect wrestler he's not he's he's a big dude he's a big man and it's fine right he's great at punching people and breaking shit uh-huh uh i mean that said what he, it's been uh, a, a great push for him and he's now he's in this spot where he was vying for the belt and he's gotta be on this card somewhere
1: right right and and i'm wondering like you know you and i differ a little bit on roman and so I think the the consensus opinion for a lot of people with uh, you know not liking where Roman is is that Braun should be fighting Brock for the title. I don't I don't know where you are on that. I, I Bra- Braun and Brock fought a couple
0: times. Yeah, it was fine. It was fun. I think a lot of people argue that Braun should have won the championship from Brock uh, at that point. I don't know if I'd agree with that either. Uh-huh. Uh You
1: don't think anybody should beat Brock Lesnar. I think Brock should die with that belt. <laughs> it looks so good on him. It does look amazing. I love that Paul is just holding that belt while while Brock is just beating the shit out of Roman. Oh,
0: it's so good. It was
1: unbelievable. But, like, yeah, I, I like Braun a lot, too. I just, like you know i thought those matches were okay i i would be kind of bummed out i think if that was the main event i think that like he is always in a position to challenge for it somewhere down the line i don't think he and brock like work all that well yeah they don't i think there's something
0: to be said about i don't want to be selling him short here but i think Braun has serious potential to be Kane for the next twenty years. Yeah, uh, maybe in a higher work rate capacity, maybe in a someone that can connect more with the fans, right? In a more modern sense, but this dude can just be, a, or, or like the Big Show, he could be a big guy that just comes in when someone needs something big to happen.
1: Yeah, totally. And it, it, I think that this is, uh, you know, his um, winning of the Battle Royal. Is you know it's 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 really fun the way they've booked this guy really that he just comes in and he's just like, all right he's like yeah all right see what you could do to me here you can because he's so enormous and it's like it's silly but it's also totally logical you know (laughs) like nobody makes any sense in that (laughs) ring with them I'm really (laughs) glad I was really worried when he won that because it would kind of be a bummer if it was the handicap match.
0: Yeah. I think the match would suck. That wouldn't be a fun match. I think the image of him on the top of the ramp with both of those tag team championships, one on each shoulder, would be yeah. awesome. Uh, but then what? It's, right. it, that's all just building to a single moment. Uh-huh. That would be cool. And then we're starting from scratch again.
1: He's one of those guys that like it's, I guess it's really tough to figure out like what the end goal is with him just because it's like it's so indetermined like what his like real potential is because he's awesome and everybody agrees that he's awesome but like it seems like you know it would be bad for him to be a tag team champion because then he's just doing that but then again you know it works sometimes i would i don't know who the mystery partner is i don't know if there's rumors out there or whatever i always love the the dynamic of like the tiny guy and the big guy—they're great. <laughs> It's—it would be really fun to get a guy from
0: 205 Live or something to show up. Yeah. somebody floated the idea of Gargano uh-huh. showing up and being his partner. I think that would be a blast. I think any of those little dudes showing up. I, everyone's been talking a lot about Ellsworth coming back for a quick payday to uh-huh. so just lose the match or, or whatever, right? Uh, which would be great. I don't I don't see any reason why him having, uh, I don't think necessarily like a comedy spot, but just having a kind of a fun old school circus show type deal
1: yeah i think um yeah that i think that match will be a lot of fun and it's good you know i think seamus and cesaro are two people who have like it it feels like for the past five years they've just been stuck somewhere on the card but it's a little bit better than the andre the giant battle royal oh here we go former uh, former winner of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal was Cesaro, and that that obviously propelled him to you know a great push, as it did for Baron Corbin and and the Big Show. Don't forget and, Mojo, <laughs> last year's winner. Look where he's at now. Yeah, him and him and Gronk. Um, yeah, this one is this is the one I think where it's just like, all right, all right, you know, it, it seems like they're not even really
0: trying this time. I mean, at least it's an honest interaction at this point. Right. We know it doesn't mean anything. They yeah, know yeah, it yeah. doesn't mean anything. They're not going to try and trick us anymore. Uh-huh. It's just whatever. This is the payday match. This is that, just get everybody in there, let them do what they got to do. Right.
1: And, you know, if it, if it's if it's on the pre-show, that's cool. Last year when they had it on the pre-show, I was in line to buy uh, Sierra Mist, and I was really, really high, and I was just worried about everything. So... <laughs> Yeah, I hope to
0: yeah the same things gonna happen this year.
1: Um, we also have a thankfully renamed uh, women's battle royal. Holy
0: lord, that was awesome! Oh man,
1: uh, you gotta you gotta count the the small victories when you can in this world. <laughs> it's no longer named what it was. That's great. Yeah. Um, which is it? It's awesome that you know. Again, you're you're putting you're putting your women's division on there. Everybody else is getting to participate in that. What is unfortunate is probably like, you know, it's the equivalent of Sheamus and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania twenty seven not being on the show. It's that it's looking like Sasha Banks and Bailey, my friends Mercedes and Pam, are going to be participating in this battle royal and that's kind of where the feud that they've been building for so long is going to maybe culminate
0: yeah you brought this up uh before we started recording and uh it definitely sounds like it's a downgrade for them and it's kind of a a bummer that they're not going to get a singles match or they're not going to get a way to blow this off at mania uh, or maybe it's going to get blown off in this women's battle royal uh and and to some degree I think that does kinda of suck. These two have been big stalwarts of the of the women's division for the past three years or whatever, two years, what, however yeah, long yeah, they've yeah. been here, they've been like really
1: important parts. They've been the tent poles and of then they have the, the NXT division. history too. It's you know, it's kinda of like wanting to see them have a singles match at WrestleMania is the same reason why we are excited for A.J. Styles versus Nakamura. And that's not hyperbolic at all no not
0: at all I think these two have been we've been talking about their NXT feud we've been talking about their friendship we've been talking about them as my friendship with Pam and we've Mercedes. been talking about your friendship your uh, adventures your karaoke adventures with them the uh, I think what's like really interesting though is that these two are gonna be a really in opposition to the uh, Andre the Giant battle royal this women's battle royal has real stakes now yeah. it has two big name competitors in it that have a real serious potential like blood feud that can just it could blow up in the middle of this match and really give this match some uh some some
1: worthy moments. Right. Yeah, and I guess you know that that's a a good point to make too because it's like we we want a singles match. I think that everybody, you know, in their heart they want, you know, Like I want an intercontinental title singles match. I want Bailey and Sasha to have a singles match. But this shit is already so long, (laughs) and you know, and and the idea that okay, let's put these two people into a battle royal, and that way we can you know kill two birds with one stone, and like really you know let them and their feud have a big moment, but you know also do it within this kind of obligatory, you know thing where we put everybody together to do it that is a good thing yeah that's definitely true and
0: as opposed to the old school method of having these three on three or four on four women's tag matches which were completely throwaway. right at least we have some sort of comparable uh throw everybody in get all the women in the locker room into this match match that uh the men have
1: Yeah. And I think that it's, you know, if you look at everybody participating in there, too, there is definitely something to be said about how there are so many storylines in the women's division right now in comparison to the men's like, you know, the men's is all over the place. But there's like so many sub stories that are going into, you know, all the women that are going in the that match. That's really true. I think it's going to be
0: interesting to see how they play out. I'm wondering if if it's going to be something akin to, like, a Royal Rumble where you do end up seeing a lot of this happen and they actually give it some time and they actually, like, allow uh, these one-on-one interactions to get a spotlight in the middle of the match.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's exciting, I guess, you know, in general. And we were talking about this before we started, just the fact that, like, they're unable to put a you know highly contested storyline between two women on the show because they already have three matches that are prominently featuring women that's incredible in comparison to like those fucking you know eight person tag matches used to be it yeah and it was
0: boring and uh, totally insulting and super offensive and now it's you know as much as they love to toot their own horn about the women's evolution things are happening and it's it's nice to see a handful of really important matches on that card
1: yeah it's going to be it's 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 cool and you know it's uh it's it's exciting it feels like progress and it feels like you know it's it's given it's given all sorts of you know new dynamics to everything it's exciting it's it's great we'll talk about that a lot more next week next week that'll be great so yeah subscribe to this uh on apple podcasts and tell a friend about it you know somebody who you know who you think might like the perspective that we have you know going into wrestlemania tell them about the show and yeah it's uh it's a, it's with great pleasure that we do it this is uh this is a really great excuse for me to hang out with my buddy Scott once a week and uh, we hope you're enjoying the conversation. And we will be back next week.
2: Judy catch a rabbit by his head Come back straight Got half of what you thought you.